Hello and welcome to this week's IGN UK podcast. I am Stu and I am joined by Chris Tilly. Hello. Uh, by Kez McDonald. Hello. And by Luke Kamali, Feel the Noise. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, Hello everybody, indeed. Yeah. We walked into the games room around about three hours ago to do the <laughs> podcast, and it's taken us this long to untangle the cables for the microphones. Stuart's only just stopped crying. Oh, you've been <laughs> weeping in the corner. You, look like, you honestly look like you've lost the will to live. Just <laughs> <laughs> We had to bring him some of that ice cream that's hanging around in the freezer. Is there any left? Yeah. There is a bit left, yeah. Should we have a little reward after doing this podcast, Let's. boys? I think it's should. been already arduous arduous <laughs> but the next hour won't be died. arduous the next hour will be a fun fun time for your Pod ears arduous doesn't mm. work does it what's everybody been up to i'm curious to know curious. i was at e3 oh yeah that that happened mm-hmm. nothing much to say about what? that really what? boring yeah <laughs> quite quiet year wasn't it one of those quiet e3 <laughs> really years so much going on you were in charge of the website chris weren't you what website Oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do anything for a week. There's no one here to check on me. Ah, it was great. Nap. Just napped. <laughs> just lived the dream. Just don't tell Alex. <laughs> you love that little quiet corner desk, don't you? Yeah. Right, right up in the corner. Nobody can see. Oh, more porn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, it's not, it's not porn, though, is it? It's normally a little bit of sport. Yeah, some cricket. <laughs> some cricket on the laptop. You've no idea how much I missed that desk. It was during the Olympics I was there. It was great for everything. This oh, is well. this is un- uncharted desk territory for me. I always end up in the middle. Yeah. Oh, so you've been kept an eye on. Yeah. God, that sounds like the worst handheld version of a game ever. Uncharted desk territory. Uncharted <laughs> desk territory. Rubbish. Yeah. So what was E3 like then? What was it? What was it? What was it? Uh, was it? Is it? You've been for what? How many years in a row have you been now? Six. And let's compare this year, year six, with the previous five years. What's, has there been much difference? I've just remembered I haven't been for the last six. I went to Gamescom the last six. This is my third E3. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> this is the third E3 I went to. Last year was boring as all hell. It was incredibly boring. I mean, there were, there were some interesting games and some good games, but it was just there was no energy this year. Totally different. Huge energy. Everybody's running around. Like I mean, after that, uh, Sony gut punch of, <laughs> of a press conference. Everybody was just running around going, ah! I'm so still exciting. I'm still laughing about that. Yeah. It's, it's just the funniest thing. It's kind of backfired now. But want to we'll play the games? Later. Yeah, play your games. I don't, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you, your fucking games, you fuck. It was great. It was like, direct, wasn't it? It was, it was, wasn't it? It was great. The, the press conferences themselves were really, really good fun to be at. It's one of those ones where you're glad you were in the room. Like, a lot of the time, the best way to do E3 is to sit at home in a comfortable couch with your dressing gown on and watch watch the live show because that's much better than running around like an idiot trying to actually cover it. But this year, I was pleased it was in the room. It was great. You have a couch? I do have a couch. I have a Do sofa. You not have a couch? I have, oh, a, you have sofa. a sofa, ah. but my parents, my parents have a settee. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, my parents have yeah. several settees as what well. What about you? Three piece suite. Do you really? Yeah. Stays <laughs> long. Yeah. What? Three seater in two armchairs or a two seater in two armchairs? No, that's the name of my parents' girl band. <laughs> terrible. S W E E T. That was the name of a dodgy album. Free, oh. free piece suite. <laughs> we oh. show their age now. Like that. just... <laughs> that's dreadful. I have no idea. What's happening. <laughs> Well, we've yeah. also been playing rather a lot of Animal Crossing. I like this we. Me and Luke. Yeah, you and, and Luke. Tom. Well, I started and Tom. yesterday, and but Tom. yeah, Tom's joined us now. Isn't that, though, because you've all been given really nice 3DS XLs no, from Nintendo? No, I've got the one that I bought with my money. Really? My boring silver one. We're all very jealous of Tom because he's got the new Animal Crossing 
3DS XL. Yeah. Kind of jealous, but then he lost his original he 3DS XL. And he's lost, yeah, and he had quite a bit going on there. Yeah. So he's a bit gutted about that. He's got yeah. a lot of street passes. If only there was some kind of cloud thing you could back all your <laughs> stuff up to, <laughs> yeah, Nintendo. Right. Maybe you might want to think about that in, I don't know, 20 years' time or something. I mean, they've just about figured out the internet exists now. Like, it gives a little bit of time. <laughs> they figured out YouTube a couple of weeks ago. They were like, holy shit, there's people posting videos of our games on the, on the, on the internet. What is this? Let's get money from them. Oh, brilliant. I like the fact you can now download your games to your Wii U. Oh, no, wait. You still can't. (laughs) Wait, you've only got three gigabytes of storage that's useful for storing games. Never mind. Talking of Street Pass games, um, we'll head forward a little bit. We'll come back to you in a minute, Chris, about what you've been up to. What's this about new Street Pass games? There's a firmware update for the 3DS this this week in Europe. Not in America yet, but in Europe and Japan, we've got loads of new Street Pass games. Mm -hmm. So you've got a couple of new puzzle piece, like puzzle collecty things for Skyward Sword and Presenter Blade Chronicles. And there's four new, entirely new games to play with your street passes. You pay for them, though. They're DLC, essentially. Oh. Mm. So they cost about, I think, 14 quid for all four. What? And however much that is each. So £4.50 each. Uh, the new unlockables, like new kind of hats and things. You street can Pass Squad is like Find Me in Space. Uh, street Pass Garden. You move into a house, grow flowers and decorate a garden using me somehow. Uh, although it's basically just Animal Crossing by the sounds of it yeah. Street Pass Battles a strategy game where you build a Street Pass army and conquer the world and Street Pass Mansion is a paranormal mystery in a haunted house right okay it's a bit like Luigi's Mansion I think they're all based on Nintendo's biggest hits so what do you reckon Chris 14 quid and you can grow some virtual flowers <laughs> That sounds like a bargain. Yes. <laughs> what kind of flowers? I don't know. Azaleas, maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. Pansies. Budlia. Pansies. Yeah. Budlia. Budlia is a lovely plant. Do you what know a- what? Budlia always sounds a little bit naughty. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? A bit, a bit sexy. Eh? Eh? Yeah. A, bit, a little sexy. bit Fifty Shades. That's sexy. I, I don't know why. Sexy sounds a bit Budlia. carry on, not Fifty Shades. Talking yeah. talking of sexy, Tilly in a hot tub. <laughs> That's yeah, sexy. Baby. Why have you been in a hot tub? Well... I want I a competition, actually. <laughs> you want a competition to be in a hot pub? Hot, so hot on, tub. on Facebook, I follow Hot Tub Cinema, who are these people that, in East London, they, they rent out a rooftop, they have 16 hot tubs. And show porn? And a, a cinema screen at either end, and uh, show a movie. And you pay to go there and have drinks and watch the movie from a hot tub. And I always thought, that sounds intriguing, but I haven't been. And then, yeah, they had a competition there. They were going to show a British season of films... And so you had to go on and uh, suggest British films. And then if you had a correct suggestion that they chose, you got free tickets. And I suggested With Nail and I. Mm. So that was weird, sitting in a hot tub, drinking wine with my mate and some random girls that we didn't know and watching With Nail and I. Tilly's weekends. Yeah. (laughs) But it was actually very enjoyable. They came and brought the booze to the hot tub. I didn't have to get out, although I had to go loads because I needed to wee because we were drinking beer. You just do it in the hot tub. Yeah, I mean, we all agreed as we sat down, me and the stranger in the hot tub, that yeah. none of us would piss. That's good. Did need... anybody else get out of the hot tub to go for a piss? Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, the girls definitely got <laughs> the, out a couple of the times. Gu- right. Could, did, any, did anybody not get out of the hot tub? <laughs> yeah, there was one guy. There you go. There you go. With a big beard. Yeah. Being in the hot tub. So, yeah, I, had, I had a brilliant night, and then they did another competition this week. They're doing another season of comedy movies, not not British specifically, but comedy films. I've only got on one again. That's <laughs> handy. Yeah. I suggested Dumb and Dumber and Dumb and Dumber screening. This time you can pee in the hot tub. <laughs> yeah, on your oh, second I visit. Want, I don't want to sit in my own piss, let alone have anyone else sitting in it. <laughs> yeah. That's what you did most weekends. <laughs> So yeah, I had a really good night. It was it was more fun than I was expecting. So yeah, if anyone fancies it, I think the tickets went on sale today for the comedy season. Okay, so, is there a website or anything? Yeah, just well, Google Hot Tub Cinema. Will do. 
I'll do it after the podcast. Yeah. Um, sad news. Uh, let's mm. do the news. Sad news. James Gandolfini died of a heart attack this week at the age of just 51. Mm. Yeah. That's only six years older than me. Just to put that out there. <sighs> wow. Real shock. Yeah. Um, it, he was on holiday. He was on vacation with his uh, his wife and his baby daughter. And his baby daughter was only born last yeah, year. Yeah. Really so sad. it really is tragic. But um, it, it, it's, it's a real shame. And it's quite a shock still when somebody uh, of that, stature just suddenly is taken like that mm. i remember the first time i saw james Gandolfini. it was in true romance mm. uh, playing the guy that if bit of a spoiler gets the corkscrew through his foot mm. uh, and his performance in that was just amazing and even mm. then you knew this was a guy to watch this this kind of seething kind of anger that was that was uh, you know been just barely held beneath the surface mm. remarkable performer uh, are you guys familiar with, with The Sopranos then? Have you watched The Sopranos or anything yeah. like that? I've watched um, The Sopranos for the first time, all of it. I yeah. watched it two years ago um, in January, around about New Year time. And yeah. his performance in that is extraordinary. There's such yeah. nuance to it. And uh, what I always thought was amazing about Tony Soprano is that he's such an unsympathetic character on paper. Mm. But Gandolfini's performance makes him a massively sympathetic character, I think. And it's, um, yeah, I, I was really sad about this. I just saw him the other, the, other, the other day in Zero Dark Thirty. Mm-hmm. Watched that at home. Mm-hmm. Saw him being a. And Chris, he was he was funny as well. They were just kind of tapping into the fact that you you yeah. you, you, t- you take someone who's known for you know tough guy roles and then subvert it like they have done with De Niro or Pacino, and they they did it with Gandolfini in, in the Loop, and it was like yeah, that could have been a whole new career for him. Um, subverting his image if he'd been smarter than De Niro and yeah. not kept doing it. But what I was going to ask you though, Chris, is Post Sopranos, I mean, I, I know he did a, he did a handful of films. He did in the Loop, uh, the, the Pelham One Two Three remake. Do you think he really lived lived up to what he could have been, though? No, but the point was there was still time for him to do that. But yeah, I, I, I mean, he made there were some good performances. The Man Who Wasn't There, mm. Romance and Cigarettes, all good work, but nothing that really came close to what he did in the Sopranos. So there's a possibility that that would have overshadowed anything else he did I mean we'll never know but the point is to have, to have created a character that memorable I mean it's it's one of the all time greats yeah has anyone here seen has everyone here seen The Sopranos mm-hmm. um, I've seen episodes I haven't watched it you should and if you haven't at home watched The Sopranos yeah, it's then worth doing in honour of James Gandolfini and just generally for your own huge enjoyment but also all of The Sopranos as you said Chris dig, dig out Romance and Cigarettes because mm. it's such a Brilliant film. Yeah, it's quite so weird. underrated. Yeah, it's like a wacky musical. Yeah, directed by John Turturro. Isn't yeah, it? Uh, with a, with a great cast. Yeah, it's a bit Coen Brothers. I think. Yeah, That's yeah, but close. nothing wrong with that when it's done correctly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's next up on the news front? Next up on the news front is game sharing for Steam, Stu. I've talked too much. You do it. So um, after all the, we are by the way going to talk about the amazing Microsoft Xbox turnaround on DRM later We're on. It. But in the wake of in the wake of um, this, some game sharing feature has been spotted in Steam's code. What? Yeah. Yes. So um, basically, someone's dug into the code and found three lines that indicate that there's a kind of sharing, like home sharing, friend sharing option in in the in the works. Kind of like what was originally planned for the 360, where you could share your digital games library with ten people. Mm. So the way it works, if I remember correctly, is this whole kind of. The code seems to suggest that you'll be able to share it with a friend, and then um, when you when you're not playing it, and then when you want to play it, your friend will be told to quit, 
Um, but they then have the opportunity to buy the game for themselves. Oh, that's quite clever. Um, yeah, so th- th- that seems to be how it works, just from the code. Do you get do get like a, uh, any credits or anything like that if your friend then buys the game, if you've lent it to them? That'd be mm, cool. That would be cool. It would be. It doesn't, it doesn't say anything about that. It just kind of says, yeah, you know, it'll notify your friends when it's time for them to quit because you want to play your game. Mm. So it's, you won't be able to play it in tandem, so any multiplayer games you still will both need two copies. Yeah, so there's, there's a couple of lines of text like, uh, this shared game is currently unavailable. Please try again later or buy this game from your own library, which is what hap- will happen, supposedly, if, if your friend who's lent you it is playing. Right. Um, and, you know, playing now will send borrower a notice that it's time to quit, that kind of thing. It's still pretty clever. If that, I yeah. think if it's that a great out, idea. Yeah. I mean, because I, I, really, I could really use that um, with Steam because my uh, I have, annoyingly, my um, Steam account you, I got, I've been gifted a few games hmm. from people, but there's games I want to I want to gift to people that I don't want to you know I don't want to spend the money. <laughs> I'd like please oh you should play like as I would with a PS2 game like, oh you should play this you'd really like it yeah give the disc I'd like to be able to go you should play this you really like it I'm done with it but I can't give it to you but I don't want to spend twenty quid buying it for you mm. that's cool mm. yeah. so that would be a really great thing and I hope it happens fingers mm. mm. crossed some news on the Ken Levine front we do have news on the Ken Levine front so um, Ken Levine obviously the guy. Um, who wrote Bioshock and, you know, co-founded Irrational, he is writing the remake of Logan's Run. So instead of a game getting a movie scriptwriter to come and write the game, they've got done it in movie reverse. people getting a game scriptwriter to go and write a movie. Fill yeah. us in on what Logan's Run is, Chris, if, if there's somebody under the age of 30. That's mm. quite good, that, isn't it, really? Yeah. Considering what Logan's Run is. Yeah. Well, it's a futuristic science fiction movie. Was it based on a book? Yeah. Yes. Is it from the 70s? Yeah, by William F. Nolan 70s. and George Clayton Johnson. Ooh. Well, well remembered, Luke. Well you remembered, didn't, right? Didn't read that off well, maybe Luke should tell us the story. Like, <laughs> as I just told you the story, Luke, you should go for it. Okay, well, basically, it's about a future world where humankind's only allowed to live to um, to the age of twenty one before they have to sacrifice themselves. Twenty one? Um, uh, yeah, twenty one. Does it say that on your piece of paper? What <laughs> piece of paper? Yeah, it does say it on the. Piece yeah, it's of paper. wrong. It's thirty. Okay, well, 30. it says thirty. Wow, Scott Kalura. Maybe they'll change it. Maybe they're changing it. Well, maybe, maybe they are. Possibly. Maybe they change it for the move for the original movie from the book. Maybe this one's going to stick. Then you can make it more Hunger Games because they'll all be youngsters. That's yes. true. Yeah. So anyway, Logan's a Sandman, one of the police-like officers in charge of tracking down the runners, those who attempt to escape their fate until he turns twenty-one himself and sees what's happening. Thirty. It's definitely thirty. So maybe it was thirty. I don't know what it's like in the book. I don't know what it's like in the book. Anyway. But I remember the original film with Michael York and Jenny Agata, and Jenny, Jenny Agata once again got her boobs out. Oh. 1976, that yeah. was. Yeah. It was, it was the last... How old were you in 1976? Were you old enough to appreciate boobs? No, I was six, but I, by the time... It got, <laughs> so just, the, just between the, time, the boob appreciation... By the like, time it got onto television, I was old enough to appreciate boobs. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the last sort of pre-Star Wars sci-fis. Everything yeah. changed after Star Wars. Yeah, but yeah. It does look really dated now. It's not brilliant. It does look dated, but there's one thing that they there's a very very early use of holograms oh. in the in the film where they they've got loads of these holograms as you I think I'm remembering it from years ago when mm. I last saw it as you go down this corridor and there's like they're supposed to be like computer generated images and they're holograms and they look really good they look mm. really cool the way they're all lit and everything but but the idea for the story is great but what well, it's been as done you say, quite a lot since as well that's the thing it's been I it's feel like a, other films have homaged it so much and. Minority Report reminds me of it a little bit. Yeah. You know, the Island, the of course. The Island, yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. It's been done a few times. I think they'll have to come up with some really clever twists and turns. I mean, I know Brian Singer spent about ten years trying to make a movie of it, um, which he didn't manage to never get off the ground. I, I wouldn't hold your breath for this. This has been a long time in, in mm. the making. I think f- maybe Frank Darabont was going to do it at one point. 
Isn't the last 20 minutes of the film basically an old man with lots of cats? Yes. Yeah, Peter Ustinov, not, yeah. not just any old man. <laughs> the old man. <laughs> noted, noted wit and raconteur. Peter Ustinov. Yeah, and uh, it's, I, I quite, I'm, I'm kind of fond of the movie. I'm kind of fond of the cheesiness of it. Um, I'm kind of convinced that there was a TV show as well. There was. After the movie. I have the annual. Really? Yeah, I picked it up at that bookstore outside of the um, National Film Theatre, the BFI, on the South Bank. Which is a really cool place to, to yeah, draw. Yeah, I picked yeah. it up for like a pound fifty, an old, an old Logan's Run TV show annual. That would, have, that would have been, what, just before Buck Rogers in the 21st century? Yeah. yeah. That, that time. Classic era. I don't know, I've just lost it completely. I just completely phased out for the last, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> let's, well, let's, let's, let's move on. Let's move on to virtual sex games. Yay. Hooray. This is my favourite story of the week. What? Um, so, the peop- you know Oculus Rift, right? It's the VR headset. You put it on your head and the world, you can look around and th- in, you can look behind you, you can look everywhere. I played I played with it at uh, EVE FanFest this year. I played a dog space dogfighting game where I was in a cockpit of a spaceship and it was really freaked me out and made my limbs disappear from under me. Because in the game, I was sitting. So I put the VR headset on, and I was standing up. And I looked down, and I could see my legs in the game were sitting. And my actual legs just went, nope! Did you fall over? (laughs) Yeah, I fell over. (laughs) It was brilliant. It's it's so disorientating, because you look at your arms in the game, and your your brain's looking at your arms going, what, but... Because your your the, 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 your brain's not used to seeing things that aren't there. Wow! So it is is very confusing, but you do get used to it. And this would be very more confusing because there's been a sex game announced for it. Sorry, an erotic adventure. <sighs> so essentially, the principle is uh, this sounds terrible, but instead of watching, oh wait, no. Imagine playing Leisure Suit Larry, but instead of watching a screen, you're inside the game. Got that, Tilly? Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry? Don't know what you're talking about. i to be inside Leisure Suit Larry. I think it's called Wicked Paradise, this game. It's going to be out in 2014 alongside the Oculus Rift headset itself. Instead of watching an erotic movie or reading an erotic book in which the main character has exciting sexual adventures, you become that character. This sounds like the tawdriest, seediest, vilest concoction than I've ever heard It might of. be really cool. The depressing thing has to be that it's it's this isn't just some kind of like sex-deprived loon who's just kind of gone mental with it. These are people who it comes from the people who've made Call of Duty, Madden, Lost Planet. Like Well, these no, are, okay, so people who've worked on those yeah, games. People have worked so them, but these people have experience developers. in the, in the I industry. don't know why you're so down on this. I think this sounds like a brilliant idea. I think it sounds utterly mental. So it's going to it's going to launch with It depends. Um, if I if I'm playing this game and I look down and I've got a really tiny willy then game over. I'm going to get really confused. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the game will let you choose your penis size for, for accuracy. In that case... Will it do? I'm in. <laughs> I am in. <laughs> but it's, so it's going to launch with um, with ladies, so heterosexual man content, and then as time goes on, they're going to release DLC for like straight women, you know, gay scenarios, like anything that you might also want aside from that. Because when I, when, I, when I first read about this, I'm donkeys. like, hang on, is this... Don- yeah, donkeys. Yeah. I mean, it's virtual, so no one's getting hurt, right? <laughs> no donkeys will be harmed. <laughs> My brain will be hurt. Are they going to do a Jimmy Savile DLC? Oh, oh no, 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 no. No, 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 Tilly. Probably no. not. <laughs> it says, the world and the inhabitants are going to look very realistic. Imagine walking into a bar in Wicked Paradise, noticing a beautiful lady, talking to her, seducing her, and taking her home for wild sex. Yeah, this wild is sex during which you feel nothing other than a crippling sense of shame. Like, yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's sex. That is sex. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is true. During and after which, just shame. That to me, it's just like a visual representation of a chat room, isn't it? Well, no, uh, it's not a chat room because there's no other people involved. It's just porn. It's like interactive porn. But uh, they have to have some decent AI, surely. What? You'd hope. Why well, does it need AI? Well, to, to have a 
conversation. Sorry, maybe I'm just... <laughs> to have a conversation. Maybe I'm do you think they'll bring out a USB what? flashlight to go with it? Well, I, that, that's what I'm assuming, right? Because in, in Japan, you can buy, um, like, packs of porn that come with a flashlight modelled after the porn actress in the porn. And you plug it into your computer and stick it on there. And it and it it's got a programmed set of like movements to go with what's happening on the screen. See, that's clever, maybe. And this uh, is scary wow. robot pussy. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Oculus Rift. It's my favourite sort. Happy weekend, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that's never my first album. <laughs> oh my god. In all seriousness, though, I think this could be this could potentially be really cool. No, does no one well, else think this could be cool? They've started following me on Twitter now, which scares me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know what they're going to You're going to be DLC, Luke. Oh, that's, that's do you follow thing. them? Do you follow them, Luke? No. Like they're, they're following you. Have they? Have they? Have they? Mess- I don't know how they found have me. Have they messaged I, you yet for your measurements? I, the thing, I don't know what's happened. I'm scared. I'm scared. Do you think they'll do that? They'll do like famous person DLC. They're bound to, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, bound obviously, to. it would be quite difficult to get the licensing. I'm just taking a moment to say that I've been referred to as a famous person. I'd agree, but you know, there we go. <laughs> oh, I don't want Luke in my virtual <laughs> sex games. I don't want to bring work to my <laughs> don't, Oculus don't take work. <laughs> this is true. Uh, well, moving on. Yeah. Um, there has been more news uh, about Spider-Man Two, hasn't there, Tilly? Yep. Um, I thought I was quite bored by this story until I read it, and now I'm quite interested in it. I mean, I'm just bored. As, I've been I've bored. Been, I've been bored of Spider-Man for about three years now. Yeah. I, I was bored of the Amazing Spider-Man. It came, went. I can't remember it. They've announced they're making two, and they're doing three and four. But um, apparently, they've shot scenes with an actress playing Mary Jane Watson, and now decided to cut them out and not use them in the movie. Mm-hmm. So what? Apparently, it's a big deal. I'm not bothered. Is it a big deal? Big deal for her. But why are you now interested, having read the story? Um, because uh, they got a quote from her. Um, she said, Of course I'm bummed, but I'm a firm believer in everything happening for a specific reason. Based on the proposed plot, I completely understand the need for holding off introducing Mary Jane until the next film. So I guess she's pretty happy that, you know, why it won't happen in this one, it doesn't work for the plot. It was only small scenes. Yeah. You mm. know, she'll get to do it in the, in the, in the next film. Uh, but maybe she won't hmm. maybe because be the director film. has said they've made a creative difference uh, decision to streamline the story and focus on Peter and Gwen. Fair enough. Um, but uh, a source close to the, the production said it is likely that the actress will not return and the part will be recast. Wow. <laughs> Which I think is quite funny. If wow. she's come out and said that she's looking forward to doing it and not going to happen. Oh, my God. That's Rude. Sad. So God. poor, um, what's she called? Shailene Woodley. Although I think she, I feel quite sorry for her because I think she's also the actress that they, they had some paparazzi shots of her on set that were posted all over the internet and people were being very cruel because she obviously it was before she put on her makeup and she didn't look great at her best and people were just being really nasty. Wow. So I feel quite sorry for her actually if she has been totally cut out. Nobody deserves that. Nasty comments on the internet. Who'd have thought? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's unusual. Dreadful. So uh, let's. Oh. Go back to our big uh, kind of thing last week, E3, and of course the the, the two big face-offs, Microsoft and and Sony. Um, quite a lot of news came out of that, really. But I think you know the pricing was one of the big things that came out. We know now how much we're going to have to dig into our pockets for to get one of these next-gen consoles. Indeed, and we also know how much the games are going to be. Yeah, both of them are. There. Both still sixty dollars, I believe. So that's good news. It means no raise in price from the normal RRP, and it's the same in the UK. It's going to be probably forty nine ninety nine mm. as RRP for next gen titles. So, which is encouraging. Uh, this, it's interesting though, because like the N sixty four had sixty pound games. Yeah. And they, I mean, they were expensive because they were cartridges, right? But everyone, yeah, I guess. Every, everyone was kind of worried about 
you know, games costing more this generation. But they've cost less and less every generation, haven't they? I mm. since PS2 games were 50, 55 quid. I guess to do with, yeah, true. I Is mean, it economies of scale? I mean, I, would it... Well, I don't know, actually. I mean, Amazon had, before it was announced, Amazon was pre-ordering in the UK Destiny for 90 quid. Wow. So, I mean, obviously they... They thought maybe, you know, It was yeah. obviously a placeholder price, but, like, they clearly assumed... Well, they have to cover themselves, because they can't... If they change the price before when something releases, they can't go up. Yeah, they can only they go, down, go down, down, down. Which is why when you pre-ordered a PS4 before they announced the price, it was, like, 600 quid. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. And it's a much more realistic... 349. 349, yeah. yeah. PlayStation and 429 for Xbox One. Indeed. That's true. Pounds. But as, uh, let me see, Royce Butler uh, Facebooked us, and uh, one of the questions he said, do you think there's any chance that Sony is pulling an X360 style fast one on us by announcing a lower price for the box, but having an equal or higher actual price for a comparable total package once you include the price of the new PSI, the headset, and the other accessories? Because obviously with the X-Bone, you get the the box and you get the Kinect, uh, and you're all ready to rock and roll. Whereas, obviously, you just get the core machine, a couple of controllers maybe, with, with the PS1. What do we think about that? Actually, PS3, you- 4. Xbox One, PS4. I'm, really I'm never going to remember that. It's, never going to remember it's it. Bad, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, it's going to have a pack-in headset, Bluetooth headset, the PS4. Mm-hmm. And as far as I remember, the camera is actually a part of that. No, price. I think they've. Oh, no, it wait, was, no. but I think they've taken it out. They've taken it out. Um, but the, but I mean, it, it's different, isn't it? I mean, the thing is with the Xbox One, almost every game we've seen, and even like its base level functionality. Yeah, you when need you turn it Kinect. on, like you can't not plug in the Connect to the Xbox. Yeah, One. Yeah, it, it won't right. work without the Connect. The difference with the PlayStation Four is that you know what. Any game on that, maybe it'll be enhanced by it, but games will be designed without that in mind. Yeah, so, so it's going to be an option. It. So I mean, mm. you can. I mean, I, I've used. I use my PlayStation. I mostly for for uh, taking embarrassing videos of people during SingStar. Yeah. Uh, so I don't need that. I could happily not pay for it. Mm. So it's nice that it's going to be a choice. And interesting what you say about having to have the Kinect uh, plugged into your PS One all the time and to your Xbox, Xbox One. To your uh, Xbox One. <laughs> this is honestly, I'm not going to get the hang of this until they bring out the next next gen, and then you'll wow. have I'll it. Be, I'll be happy. Then. Nine years. Nine years. <laughs> I'll be close to retirement. I cannot wait because <laughs> it's been there's been quite a seismic shift in what Microsoft have been saying over the last week. This yes. is the big story of the week. Obviously, the yeah. Xbox One Eighty. Yeah, <laughs> that's very good. I yeah. see what, what you did there. So um, uh, let's let, let's just quickly recap what happened after uh, E3, where Sony just went straight for the throat and were like, "Fuck you guys! You know, get you know, buy our console. You can sell your games on. You can keep them forever. You can throw them down the toilet. You can lend them to a friend. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Games do not work after being thrown in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then Microsoft were still sticking to their guns on, uh, you know, it has to check in every 24 hours, blah, blah, blah. So I could not believe that this happened when there was an update that came from Xbox One. And I read it and it started with, Last week at E3, the excitement, creativity and future of industry was on display for a global audience. We imagined a new set of benefits such as easier roaming, family sharing and new ways to try and buy games. We believe in the benefits of a connected digital future. I thought, okay. Hello. Since unveiling our plans for Xbox One, my team and I have heard directly from many of you. Read your comments and listened (laughs) to your feedback. I would like to take the opportunity today to thank you for your assistance in helping us to reshape the future of Xbox One. Wow. At this point, I'm like, that one no way, okay, no way. Got that. <laughs> Next. So today I'm announcing the following changes to the Xbox One, how you can play, share, lend, and resell your games exactly as you do today on Xbox 360. An internet connection will no longer be required to play offline Xbox One games. After a one-time system setup, you can play any disc-based game without ever connecting online again. 
There is now no 24-hour connection requirement, and you can take your Xbox One anywhere with you, just like Xbox 360. So I was like, holy shit, they've backed down. Mm. And then, double whammy, trade in, lend, resell, gift, and rent disc-based games just like you do today. No limitations on using and sharing will work just like it does today. Wow, that's massive. So not only did they back down on the 24-hour connection, uh, the the, the, the always online, they also backed down on used games and sharing, and I thought that would never happen. This is fascinating because that that's actually a kind of that's gone to the like the financial board and everything then, oh, hasn't yeah. it? Because mm-hmm. this is going to be a, rolling in yeah, 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 for sure. And this is hot on the heels of the of the whole Windows Eight getting your start button yeah. back. Yeah, it's, this is unprecedented in yeah. video games. I have never ever ever seen anyone do this much of a like shameful flip flop so soon. Like three weeks after announcing the console, they've changed. And this isn't like a, a minor change. This isn't like, oh, all right, you didn't like green, so we're going to turn it black again. This is changing the entire premise upon which buying games on the Xbox One was was conceived over the mm-hmm. last several years. This is. Massive. Do they have to change the technology at all? I'd or is it so, all yeah. there and they've just put a block on these things and they can just lift the block or something? No, that's an interesting point. Apparently, isn't it? the day one update after the day one update, all this will come into effect. So the consoles, presumably, they're being manufactured now. Sure. So whatever they've done, however software they've put into place to make, to make all this to restrict as they were planning to restrict, is going to be lifted by a patch. But as you say, Chris, another patch could easily stick it all back in. Mm. I think that's it's almost that's, like they were testing the water a little bit, though, knowing that they could lift it at any point. Yeah, I don't think they were testing the water because they came out like really solidly with all this. It wasn't like, oh, mm. this is an idea we've got. This was this is how it's going to work on Xbox One. This is our vision. It wasn't like, Do yeah. you guys like this. If you guys don't like it, we can take it away. And I think only... I'm, I'm wondering, because the what? thing is, on the internet, a lot of people are claiming this is a victory for Twitter, essentially, for gamers who are it's whinging. Not. It's not. It's a victory. Sony did this. Mm. Because at E3, all the developers I spoke to who were, you know, Xbox One developers were like, shit, we're actually really worried now because of the huge negative backlash against Xbox One and the pre-order numbers were like 7 to 1 PS4 yep. to, three, six, to, um, to Xbox One. But that, that's massively gone back to parity now, isn't it, Luke? Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually shifting a bit more towards Xbox One from what I've heard again now. I mean, I don't know if people are cancelling PlayStation 4 pre-orders, but they are. there's a lot more of a shift back. I mean, on um, I mean, Amazon UK chart, it's not the best way of telling, but, you know, PlayStation 4 was number one for long. Now Xbox has moved up to number two, PlayStation's back in third. Um, I, I don't really know. Like, I... It'd be interesting to see. I mean, I think a lot of people are still saying Microsoft has lost them. Mm. Um, I I don't know. I mean, it's what strikes me as weird is the fact that they, it's admirable that they came out and they admitted a mistake. I mean, admirable as you can be when you're faced with massive financial losses. But, like, I'm a bit kind of sceptical about the fact they came out, they doubled down and were like, no, this is definitely the right course of action. Look, you guys just don't get it. And now they've backed off. Mm. Like, I just, it's really confusing messaging, that, it, isn't it? It's, yeah. it does, I don't know whether they just didn't think it through or what it is, but it just it does make them look a bit It must weak. literally be money. Like, the only thing that Microsoft would listen to is if they have a graph somewhere that is going down. Yeah. yeah. And it'll be people just not not pre-ordering. It'll be, it'll be just... Because people, people will get used to this idea when it happens gradually, I think. Because people got used to Steam. Like if you, yeah. if you if you introduce digital only as kind of you know a gradual process that people can opt into and choose, I wrote a massive thing on all this DRM and why it was a bad idea. Literally five hours before Microsoft came out with this yeah. really good thing, I published that that day, and not the next day it would have been a huge waste of time. But the main thing is that people will choose to go digital only; they won't be forced. Nobody mm. likes to be forced into anything. So the mistake that was made, I think, here was that Microsoft were just like, "Yep, yeah, you don't like it, 
buy a 360. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was not good messaging. <clears throat> no. But I mean, think about it. You spend 430 quid on a console, you play it for a year, you're happy with it. Then they say, yeah, you do have to connect once every 24 hours or something. You're not immediately going to go, oh, right, I'm going to go out and spend 350 quid on a PlayStation 4 and ditch that. That's you're it. in it. You're just, you're, you're pissed off, but you're in it, you know? Yeah. And so I, I think that's kind of something that people need to bear in mind. Doesn't mean, having said that, there's no saying that Sony doesn't have plans to introduce anything like well, this. Well, this is the whole point. Yeah. With, with a patch, anything can be done, can't mm. it? You know, I, I, I always harken back to the, to the old PS3 that could be used as a Linux box, as a, as a PC, for, yeah. for one, one of a better word. And then overnight, bang, they just took it away and said, look, you know, if you read your T's and C's, we are within our rights to do whatever the fuck we want with, the, with your box. Yeah. Which sounds a bit like that Oculus Rift game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, this, this is absolutely unprecedented. I've never seen anything like it in games before it's been so exciting this mm. happened at like half past nine on Tuesday yeah and I went mental I was just like holy shit this is amazing I can't believe it what does this mean for Microsoft because are they are they fighting a losing battle to win the hearts and minds of people now because you know for so long their adversary has been Apple on one front who could just for many years do no wrong and they had another war against Sony with the PS3 and 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 the 360 what's going to happen? What are we going to see coming out of Redmond over the next couple of years that's going to make people love Microsoft? Because probably the 360 was the last part of Microsoft that people still had yeah. a good feeling for and still yeah. had time for. After the debacle of, of since Windows Vista, basically, yeah. the operating system side of things has been a nightmare. So what's, what's it going to take to get people to love Microsoft again? Because surely this is, is this going to be enough to do this U-turn? Does that make people like Microsoft, or does that just make Microsoft look weak? I think it makes people like the console more. Hmm. I don't know anybody who has like a you know an affection for like a Microsoft brand, you know, like Xbox. Sure, Zune. Yay! Yes. <laughs> but you know, it's it's not like Nintendo where people love Nintendo the company sure. and Nintendo the games and Nintendo the consoles, or like Sony where people do like I mean, people don't like Sony the company so much, but they like the PlayStation bit of the business usually as well as the games. I don't know anybody who's like a fan of Xbox. They're a fan of the games you play on it. But they've kind of doubled down on their whole kind of quintessential American company, right? You know, with all the TV stuff and sure. everything that's only available in America to begin with. And I think that's what this move this week may have done is it may have kind of redeemed them in the eyes of their American core market. But that still doesn't solve the fact that for the UK and everywhere else in the in like the world, we're getting a substandard console, you know, post-launch because they don't really care. They don't appear to care that much. Um, and I, I don't know. I just think they are... They're marginalising their target audience. Whereas, I don't know, you know the, 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 the putting discs back fixes that because the main problem for most of Southern Europe and no, but I mean, all, all the TV America stuff, the all 24 hour check ins. You know, all the TV stuff and all those other functionalities that they push so hard at the event, that's still only working in North America at release, not anywhere else. Yeah. And, you know, everywhere else in the world is already Sony. This isn't going to change anyone's mind because mm. they're already Sony fanboys, you know. So all that the debacle's done is it's either won back some people who would have gone to Sony or not. I don't think it's... I think it's basically people who were Xbox 360 gamers who thought, shit, this all sounds terrible and I don't want an Xbox One, but who didn't yet pre-order PS4. Those people will probably have gone back to Xbox. Mm. I, I will probably now get both, whereas before I was like, do you know what? Fuck Xbox One, I'm not, I'm not playing in their stupid garden. Fair Walled enough. Garden. 
Well, it looks like the old Xbox v PlayStation debate is going to just rumble on for another generation at least. Then but is this is this more or less exciting? That that's the the question because like before it was like a proper two properly different consoles with properly different like ethoses and different. It's very different. Whereas isn't now it, it's kind of the same thing again. Really though, isn't this still a bit like that? Because I yeah, still I still. still think of of Xbox One as being an entertainment device primarily and a games console second. This is how they're selling it to us. Mm. But the PS4 is a console. I think E3 redressed that a bit. Like the E3, the Microsoft E3 showing before Sony, the Microsoft showing was great. Mm. If if you watch that, like I, I remember coming coming out of afterwards thinking, great, there was a lot of really good games. Looking forward to that. And it was only really after Sony. I think if Sony hadn't been so aggressive, Microsoft might not have backed down. That's a good point. Yeah, I wonder if they shot themselves in the foot. Well, guys, let us know what you think about the whole Xbox 180. Uh, we have a new f- UK feedback address. Finally, you can get emails to us again after about, yeah. what's it been, Finally. a month? Something like that? Yeah. And I believe it's IGN underscore feedback. No, IGN UK. Underscore UK feedback. IGN underscore UK feedback. That's oh, really right? too catchy, isn't it? IGN underscore it. UK feedback at IGN.com. IGN underscore UK feedback. You can always tweet us and Facebook yeah. us. And we'll put, if I'm wrong, and I probably am, <laughs> we'll just, we'll put a link on the uh, on the story anyway yeah. with the podcast. But uh, it would be nice to let, to, to know uh, what you think about that whole thing. Have we had any feedback about E3 or anything like that? Uh, we have. Well, about the Xbox U-turn from Greg Wright. Um, he said, um, I've seen a lot of comments saying it, ca- uh, it took guts to come out and backtrack like they did. But let's be honest, they didn't hear the reaction from gamers and change. The reaction to the policy started after the reveal in May and continued to gain momentum. When the mainstream media started picking it up and pre-orders were below expectations, they had to act. Um, he's glad they changed the policy. They did the right thing. But don't for a minute think they did to make it. They did it to make you happy. It's you know, they're the same people who now apparently care about you so much. Last week said that if you didn't have internet, you could get the Xbox 360. Yeah. Like so, yeah. It's just kind of saying what we said about. It's not. It's not for gamers. It's you know. It's pre-order numbers. It's their. I mean, which is fine. They're yeah, a business, they did, right? They That's they what they've got to do. They didn't do this entirely in reaction to people being upset on the internet. No, I mean they've got to look after their bottom line. They it's are a game, They're a, comp- a massive corporation. But I think they haven't done it out of. They're not suddenly the friendly people who. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Sony. I think maybe have come out be like Sony pits themselves as the ones who care more about games, right? Because you yeah. know, with the indie development fostering and all of that, and they never in- introduced these. Microsoft hasn't had a cosmic shift in thinking is now like, oh no, we also support the games. They have a, you know, cosmic shift towards their bank balance. But it's only 18 months ago that, that the Sony were the bad boys with all the, the PSN hacking yeah. and all the CD rootkit business that was going on as well. It's amazing how quickly these things can turn around. And how short people's memories are. I mean, by the time yes. the consoles come out, God knows what will It's funny be. actually, because this reminds me so much of what Sony was like before the PS3 came out. Mm. And they were just hubristic. They were like, "It'll be four hundred ninety. It'll be five hundred ninety-nine US dollars. You'll get a second job to afford it, and it's going to have all this really co- awkward and complicated architecture that you're just going to work with because we're market leader." And then that was why Xbox had such momentum. Yep. At that point. Okay. Any more feedback? I've got a bit. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, this is from Arnaldo, who says, "A few weeks back, you mentioned whether or not Uncharted Four was necessary. I personally agree, it's not." But perhaps they can do something within the world, without using any of the characters that exist. Perhaps a younger adventurer, maybe more serious than Nathan, maybe not serious, just sarcastic. Maybe a female lead that's nothing like Lara Croft. Maybe the leads run into Nathan and he is Sully's age. What do you guys think? Can they put Nathan Drake into the Oculus Rift sex game? Uh, <laughs> okay, Kevin, that's, that's one for you. <laughs> Lara Croft in the Oculus. I think <laughs> what would be good. I would love to play a Lara Croft Nathan Drake crossover um, adventure game. Yeah, where they team up. 
Per- I know that couldn't happen because it doesn't make sense, but it would be awesome. I per- really love it. I know. Personally, following The Last of Us, I'm perfectly happy to see Naughty Dog focus on new IPs and okay. new exciting stuff because, you know, it's great. Uncharted wrapped up quite well, I think, you know, yeah, giving you more I've- new things. Uncharted 2, I still think, is the best of all three of them. The third one seemed to be a bit of a retread, didn't it? I yeah. mean, you know, technically very impressive, but I think we're done with that now. Yeah, I think yeah? we're ready for the next thing. Mm. One more piece of feedback from Thomas Smalley, who says, Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. I love the show and listen without fail every week. Thank you, Thomas. I would like to ask your opinions for the podcast on whether Sony risks using the UK... Losing, sorry. Whether Sony risks losing the UK market this Christmas if they fail to deliver stock. This was a good point. Mm. PS3s were sitting unsold on shelves. I can't see PS4 sitting unsold on shelves. No. no. Uh, I, do we think there'll be a bit of a a bit of a problem getting hold of them if you haven't pre-ordered? I think so. You reckon? Yeah. yeah. How soon before Christmas is it coming out? We don't know. They haven't specified. There, there's been a rumour this week. Um, a couple of European retail sites have listed it as available for November the 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, that's unsubstantiated, like we have nothing to back that up at all. But um, I don't know, Microsoft have confirmed they are November. Right. So we don't, and PlayStation is just holiday, but it will be this year. Imagine if it was day and date the same for both. Oh. That, that would be incredible. Imagine the queues oh, outside. The queues! Yeah. Oh. There'd just be murder going on in the queues outside, the rival queues battling each other for supremacy. Oh, fanboy queues, which it queues be, longest? It, it would be like a living embodiment of our comments threads right now. Oh, that'd be incredible. I want that now. That's how literally every single story on the site is a, is a, is a PS, uh, PS4 um, Xbox One fanboy war right now. I read a story on Monsters University it's PS4 versus Xbox One in the comments still wow, somehow spiraling. But yeah, I think I think they need to watch their stock. But I don't think they'll lose it. I mean, it's not like it depends how long they you know it takes to restock. I think you'd yeah. you'd wait a month. I don't know if you'd necessarily go out immediately and kind of buy. a... Are people that impulsive? Is that a thing? I'm I'm very impulsive. Well, it's it, with that that close to Christmas. If yeah. you're a, if you're like a 12, 13 year old kid. And you want a next-gen console for Christmas. Your parents are going to shit themselves if they can't get a PS4. What are they going to think? I'll just get them, a, I'll just get them a, an Xbox. Xbox One. I'll just get them that. I'll just get them that. And if the child has any can sense, Can always take it back after Christmas if he doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eBay. <laughs> so there you go. It's kind of like when I asked for Zelda Ocarina of Time for my, for my Christmas and my mum got me Glover. It's just like that. It's yeah, the exact yeah, same thing. It's just like Good that. Nice analogy. Yeah. <laughs> so what's out this week? Any games or none? No gu- no gums. No gums. <laughs> no gums. No games at all right this week. Literally none. Next Tuesday, Company of Heroes 2 is out. Which yeah. is actually really cool. Is it? It's really good, yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it's, uh, I retract my meh. It's, yeah. a, it's a strategy game. Uh, it's World War 2 through the eyes of the Russians, but it pulls no punches. Like If you start retreating, the, the officers will shoot you. Because that's wow. what actually happened. It's really good. It's very um, unsympathetic war game. It's a bit like that time you wanted Ocarina of Time for Christmas. (laughs) And you got Glover. (laughs) (laughs) Movie-wise, a bit of a mixed bag this week. There's a new rock movie out, new Dwayne Johnson movie called Snitch. Apparently he's acting in this one. Based on a true story of a a father whose son gets involved in the drug trade and he has to go undercover. So that's like the second time he's acted, isn't it? If we include that weird... Thingy Kelly movie. Oh my god. What's it called? Oh, that was bad news. That the was, Richard Kelly movie. Yeah. Where he played two characters. That's right. And Sarah uh, Michelle Geller was a retired porn, porn star. star. Oh Jason, god, why haven't I seen Justin, this film? Justin Timberlake covers the killers, <laughs> doesn't mind us. Yeah. Um, um, what? Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> apparently it's quite good, not amazing. Okay. Uh, Spike Island is out, which I've reviewed on the site, which is 
kind of a British coming of age movie wants to be stand by me isn't really um, about these five lads in a band who are trying to get tickets to famous Stone Roses gig at Spike Island in 1990 yeah when it's funny it's funny and when it tries to be serious it's awful hasn't it got Khaleesi from Game of Thrones in it yes Amelia Clark. yeah is the love interest in it some good actors in it actually Leslie Manville's in it oh yeah um, the bloke who was in Looking for Eric he's in it it's alright right. but you probably wait for yeah. Blu-ray watch it yeah. on the telly watch on the telly watch it on the yeah. telly and World War Z or World War Z yeah. uh, as we couldn't decide what to call it in the uh, spoiler cast which is actually pretty good it's pretty good tells off a bit at the end but love the first half hour some great scenes in it is that out today? It's out today, indeed. And right. we have on the site our half-hour spoiler cast. So if you don't want to read our review or know anything about it, go see the movie and then come back. And yeah. we go in depth, because there's quite a lot to talk about. Yeah. Especially with all the controversy behind the scenes on it and the fact that it's the first $200 million horror, horror movie that's ever mm. made. And may well be the last. We'll see. See how it gets on. Mm. We've also just gone up on the site right now is uh, the author of World War Z, Max Brooks. He's uh, done a, He's come round to the office here at IGN and he's explained how we can zombie-proof our office. So check that out on the site as well. That's well worth a look. And I've reviewed Marvel Heroes, which should be up by the time you do this as well. Whatever. You don't. You have to look at that. <laughs> you should. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's the best review ever. Kez, you plugging anything? Oh, that Minecraft thing that went up this week. Oh, yeah. We've got a really cool feature. Uh, which don't is... sound surprised. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. once. We've got a really cool, really cool feature. feature. Um, about Minecraft. Uh, there's. We basically sent a chap called Craig into Minecraft servers and he's spent you know years exploring what people have made and he's picked the six most incredible things that he's ever found in, in Minecraft servers so there's stuff like scale recreations of famous Star Trek spaceships things like uh, there, there's a whole server that's Rome like mm-hmm. as Rome was so with with Basilica with Colosseum with, with palaces all sorts of amazing stuff you can see and there's a video as well have a look at that it's really really interesting have a look at the video have a look at the video and have a look at other stuff on the site as well yeah. go knock yourself out Read go IGN. crazy fun yeah that's pretty much it I think for this week then I've got nothing to add no goodbye bye, bye. Bumps, everyone likes bumps. Bumps, 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 bumps. My bumps, my bumps, my bumps. Is that, yeah. Everybody's doing bumps. There we go, I'm coming up a bit. Bumps! That was loud. Sorry. Could people stop saying bumps, please? Please stop saying bumps, you silly asses. (laughs) You cunts. You cunts. You lovely, lovely you lovely Wait. mental cunts. <laughs> you cunts. My cunt. My lovely, lovely cunt. Uh, My lovely lady cunt. <laughs> I'm supposed oh, to no. man. There we go. No. Oh, no. Right.